Hey, it's Chris Urban. Welcome to the Triple Clicks Video Game Marketing Podcast. It's always fun to talk with other agencies in our space to share experiences and learn from each other. When Trevor Dudek, who founded a great digital agency called Lemonade, invited me onto his podcast, I jumped at the opportunity. It was fun to share our journey of growth as an agency and talk about what we do to help brands navigate the world. And, you know, maybe steal a couple tips and tricks from him. I hope you enjoy the repost. And welcome to another episode of the Lemonade Originals Driving Brand Growth Podcast. I'm your host, Trevor Dudak, and I am super excited to have my guest here today, Chris Erb, and uh, to talk a little bit about his agency, Triple Clicks. And if you have not heard of either of those names, I'm sure you've seen their work such as the Xbox launches that come through Taco Bell and a variety of other amazing campaigns that we all know and love and brands that we've touched and and, and felt in unique ways. But perhaps the biggest accomplishment as we sit here today, Chris, is that you've achieved something not many people have, and that's your own Wikipedia page. How did you do it? Uh, great question. Thanks for having me. I haven't been on in years, so I'm not exactly sure. Uh, when I was at EA, uh, PR kind of drove it and built it out. So I was like, Oh my God, how embarrassing. So, uh, yeah, I guess it's good. I should probably update it. So thanks for, thanks for calling that out. I've been focused <laughs> and less about the Wikipedia. So yeah, I gotta, you did your research. I like that. Yeah, I thought that was fun. I mean, it's just one of those things, right? You know, you can't you can't really do that on your own, and it's just yeah. kind of it's got to be humbling to kind of have that happen to have people write about you. But you know, you've probably been dealing with that for a while. I mean, you've you've been kind of some high tier roles for for a long time, right? Uh, yeah, no, I appreciate it. it uh, the problem is you can't do it yourself, but it's hard to edit as well. So I'm not C plus plus programming. So yeah. <laughs> Whatever they write, I'm kind of stuck with. So don't nobody, please don't write on it. Um, and go go make me look bad. Uh, yeah, it's been fun. I've been in the video game business for uh, a long time. If you can't tell from the gray hair, uh, started really uh, at Wizards of the Coast back in the uh, late '90s, running the uh, Pokemon, uh, Dungeons Dragons, uh, Magic the Gathering brands. Did that for a while. And then I had the opportunity to go to Electronic Arts and worked on the EA Sports brand for 10 years. So ran the Madden franchise for five years. And then the five years after that, I kind of ran the EA Sports brand across all the franchises. So had a long experience kind of in gaming. I did a little bit in movies and just decided I really wanted to kind of get back into gaming. So that's really why I started the agency about five years ago was to kind of do the stuff in gaming that I was doing with the EA and Wizards of the Coast. There's no... Uh, gaming focused agency that we had seen in in the space there's a lot of stuff a lot of agencies that i saw esports sponsorships and those kind of things but the promotional and lifestyle space of the things i had done at ea wasn't really there when i went to legendary pictures the first thing i noticed is ten thousand agencies in the movie space and so i was like hey uh, we started a gaming agency so uh it's yeah it's been a fun journey yeah i mean i i have to i have to dive a little back into some of that just to just ask you what you know that that's like i mean uh you had a, a big hand in you know things like the madden franchise and you know it sounds like you know kind of directing you know the the, the launch of that really i mean what's what's it like you know comparing something like that to you know the wizards of the coast work that you did i mean 
do you feel like you have more fun working on something that maybe isn't quite as, you know, out there yet or is, is, is popular, you know, as the, the kind of phenomena that, you know, a Madden is, um, or, or is it all kind of the same in, in that you, you just find joy in, in what you're doing? Uh, yeah, it's a great question. I, I love gaming. So it was really kind of getting into the gaming space doing running the Madden franchise and Pokemon and, and those kind of brands was far more what I was comfortable with. And, you know, I grew up as a classical marketer, um, and so managing product, managing strategy, managing the execution launch of products was pretty kind of, you know, I'd spent a long time doing it. So that's kind of natural. I think the agency side is very much like what the hell am I doing? I, I, I've never worked at an agency before. Now I own an agency, but I'm not really an agency, but you kind of are. So that's, that's a little bit complicated for me. I mean, kind of the Madden franchise was fun. I was the head of the Madden franchise and I had like one employee underneath me. And then you've got 35 cross-functional teams across the country that are working on all the other franchises so how are you kind of um using those teams to to your best of the ability make sure that you're getting the you know the media team that would buy advertising for the madden team is the same one that would buy for fifa nba tiger woods uh need for speed uh all the other titles so you know definitely i was based in florida where the dev studio was so there's probably 600 people in our studio 595 of them were development and there's like four marketing people so I definitely reported in San Francisco from Florida, so a lot of uh, conversations on you know before there was video conferencing. So that doesn't even sound like that many people too on a marketing team. I mean, that's pretty scrappy, you know. If anything, yeah, it was. We were really small, kind of uh, embedded in the studios, but had great, really talented cross-functional teams in San Francisco. Um, still great friends with, with the people that are running the PR and advertising and creative services and all that stuff. So really kind of driving that, um, brand through there. It was, it was interesting when, when I took over the Madden franchise, there was a, uh, there's really talented people before myself, Mel Lenzi and Jordan Edelstein, uh, Tom Getty, who were working on the franchise. Um, but we were starting social was coming around. We were starting to pivot a little bit. So when Madden was, when we were launching Madden, it was definitely a ton of money on TV, um, and I'll show you a screenshot every once in a while and you'll be excited about it and then we'll ship the game as opposed to kind of daily conversations with consumers about like feature sets. Um, we used to pick the cover of Madden, like two or three of us in a room and we'd be like, all right, here's our cover athlete. Um, and how do we try to position it? Like how do we let fans or consumers behind the curtain and make the, the cover decision? So um, it was very much kind of a pivoting when, you know, whenever you take over a brand, you kind of want to put your own stamp on it or do something kind of different. So, we did like the Madden launch, like calling in sick to work and making it a national holiday. How do we turn the launch of Madden into a theatrical launch? So it didn't feel like the launch of a video game. How do we get people to form lines at GameStops at midnight to buy the game before the next day? And, you know, obviously digital sales and a lot of that stuff pivots the industry now. Um, but at the time, it was kind of a different way to look at it. So really elevating Madden because the game is a magazine subscription, like you know you've got madden why do you need the new one well you need the new one to play with your friends and updated rosters and so it feels like a little bit of a magazine subscription how do you elevate it and make it feel like a cultural moment like if you're not there on day one um you're really kind of missing out yeah and i think that's something that I, I i can track and appreciate even as someone who like didn't really play that but you know i think you know something that you seem to have done is is really 
put a, a, a focus on on building brand as well, and you know, creating that culture around. You know, it's not just a game; it's it's a culture, it's a brand, yeah. and that's got to have its own life force, and that's got to have its own you know, kind of being that you can attach, you know, a community to how, how important is that to you in, in, in terms of like a fundamental step to, to growth? I think that's critical for everything. I think, you know, I think I applied it to Pokemon. I think I applied it to Madden and I feel like we're applying it to the gaming industry now. So what we do is kind of our job with this agency is to bring brands into gaming for the first time. And the majority of the things I do is tell them not to do these things. I don't, you know, it's about community. It's not about kind of like a lot of brands want to do product placements in games because that's a typical movie kind of move. Um, don't do that in gaming. Like don't interrupt the experience. Don't like take away from the authenticity of how the gamers are playing. How do you make the experience with gamers better through your brand? Right. So it's kind of a pivot for, for brands in the entertainment space to really understand because, you know, gaming is so different. If you love a movie, you're going to see it two or three times in theaters. You'll buy the DVD. You'll watch it once or twice. You spent 10 to 12 hours watching the film. These kids are spending four or 500 hours playing a video game. This is their world. So don't screw it up. How do you make their experience better? Um, and so that's really where that community kind of mentality comes around. How do you kind of do something to make their gaming experience better? rather than kind of coming in and being seen within their experience. And I think that's kind of the community thinking that we try and do for some of the brands is to really help them understand how to authentically connect with these consumers. Don't market to them, build relationships with them, um, because I think your kind of inclusion in the space will, will you know, our, our promise is to make sure that brands don't end up on Reddit um, and get destroyed on social, right? How do you give gamers good experiences? How do you give them value? How do you do things that, that they're um, excited about? And that community will, will talk a lot about the programs and promote yours and become evangelists for your brand within the space. So I think it's a, you know, doing it the right way, I think, within this space is, is very, very tough, um, but very, very important. Yeah, I mean, as an agency that focuses on on social and, and quite a bit, I can say that the not ended up on Reddit is is a big deal. <laughs> and, that and lands fact, well, right? Like, <laughs> yeah, like you absolutely understand, you understand. Like a lot of brands are like, okay, cool. What's Reddit? Like they're googling Reddit. I'm like, no, <laughs> you don't want to find out what that shit is. Um, not in the wrong way. I mean, you know, there's well, some right ways to end up there. We're on it every day. We're having conversations on it every day. But you have to have authentic conversations. You can't come in and be like, hey, and be like, why are you here, right? You, you've got to be part of the community and you have to be part of the conversation and not kind of, hey, it's really important for me to be talking right now, so let me come in and talk as opposed to like, I'm always here. Um, and you know how it is. It's, it's about the cadence and it's about the longevity, right? We're, these are marathon relationships with these consumers. I mean, I think I saw a stat the other day, Gen Z is 40% of all the buyers now um, that in the market. So like, 99% of them play video games. So like that communication with them and the conversation is going to be around the, the things they love and the passions that they have. So talking to a Gen X or a baby boomer, I don't think gaming kind of lands. But when you start talking gaming, it's really millennials and Gen Zs that are going to understand that conversation. And so if you want to connect your brand with that audience, I think gaming is going to be a really important part of that conversation. Yeah, and it's, it's, such, it's such a sort of, uh, you know, connective tissue, even if you're on the fringe, right? Even if you're not a hardcore gamer, you're mid-core, more casual. So many of the properties that are out there now, I feel like attract 
so many different swaths of the demographics and the personas that you might be thinking about as a brand or a product, you know, whatever it is, right? And so that that focus on authenticity, it's like everybody says that, but there's a very specific way to do it, right? There's a very specific yeah. way to be authentic um, and consider the fact that, you know, you can you can really find a way to just tell your story authentically through various channels, through various people, um, yeah. and and connect with with different swaths of audiences um, through gaming. And it sounds like that's really ultimately what you facilitate. If I'm not, you know, yeah. butcher, butchering it. No, I think that's exactly right. I think it's about kind of. Um, showing that you've earned the credibility to be within the space, right? Like if you're going to connect with a consumer, don't sponsor or advertise or be around it. It's really about like, how are you going to give these kids value? Like why, like why would they connect with your audience? You know, I like here, I've got, here's an example, Chips Ahoy. So Chips Ahoy is a client of ours. We work with these guys. We do gaming programs on here. Now here's a piece of content on here that kids would love to have and buy, or you could actually get it for free with a purchase of a product. Right? So, you know, Fortnite makes, what do they make, $300 million a month, and it's a free-to-play game, right? Kids are spending money, adults are spending money on content within that game. Well, if you can give them that content for free from your brand, all of a sudden there's this natural connection where like, oh, where'd you get that skin or where did you get that XP or where did you get that thing? And it was like, oh, from Chips Ahoy or from Pringles or from Cheez-Its or what, you know, whatever that connective tissue is that you already like that brand. And now they're giving you something that's of value to you. And wait, the cookies cost $2, the content costs $3. And I just got it for, so, oh shit. Like, you know what I mean? So like, let the kids put that connectivity together, give you now all of a sudden you're authentically in gaming because you're hooking kids up and you're giving that value. And then you talk about like, we did a program with Chips Ahoy with a game called Sea of Thieves, which is a global game. Chips Ahoy is very domestic, but people in Europe want the content that's on the packages. So we had kids going to the grocery store buying 50 packs of Chips Ahoy, eating all of the cookies and just selling the codes online on X or on uh, eBay. And they were like literally flipping, making it like the cookies cost two bucks. They're selling the codes for $10. If you search Chips Ahoy Sea of Thieves on eBay, you'll see thousands of sold you know, they were selling the cookies for $10. They cost two. They got to eat the cookies. Now you built this arbitrage around it. How do you gamify the experience for these kids? So like, it's just this natural connection that you build ideas with these brands and kids will really resonate with it and kind of be connected to it. And then they're not going to say, why is Chips Ahoy there? They're saying, what's next from Chips Ahoy? And I think that's really the the important piece for the brand that, that, that people want you back into the space as opposed to we bought an esports sponsorship or we did this ad. Like they don't care if you're there or not, right? But as soon as you start giving value or reason or meaning for you to be there, then all of a sudden you're part of you're part of their culture, part of the family, and they're going to evangelize you. Yeah, it's, it's it's this whole thing. I mean, for, for for us, it's always like adding value, you know, with whatever we're doing, you know, is talking to the brand about how are you adding value and your whether it's just just in your social post of the day, or whether it's in your campaign. I think I think this is kind of similarly that right. So it, it's not just you know, putting your logo on something, it's how are you actually providing a vehicle or how are you giving yeah. them access to something that they're already going to get, you know, and I think the cool thing about what you're doing is it's this sort of um, online to offline to online kind of, you know, uh, connectivity where it, 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 it 
you know, as much as everybody's logging on every day to these games, you know, when they're when they're a hardcore player, um, or even if they're more casual and they're just jumping in for like ten minute sessions, it's it's still something where like you you know you got to drink, you got to eat, you got to have you know a a piece of your 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 clothing you know that's connected to you know your your style and your personal affinity for something, and so you're kind of tapping into all of those lifestyle moments, um, which is so cool. Yeah, I think it's important. I think it's letting, giving kids a way to evangelize the stuff that they love. Like, I mean, I think like Nike does a great job with that, right? So they do the crossovers. They just announced the, they just dropped the chunky donkeys, right? The Ben and Jerry shoes the other day that are going for like $2,000 on StockX, right? It's just a fun kind of overarching connection that, that people have. And we see that in gaming as well. So we talk about the Chips Ahoy and the Pringles and the Taco Bells of the world, but we also collaborate with like Undefeated and do kind of a clothing line um, for Halo or Gears of War. And we created Xbox Jordans a couple of years ago to put that connectivity. We do custom Xboxes and custom controllers um, to help launch kind of the Jordan drops last year at the All-Star Game. So how do you, you know, the people that are playing games also love music. They also love clothing. They also love shoes. It's, you know, the world is kind of one now and, and the, the same people that are playing Madden are, are loving Jordans um, and vice versa. And so how do you kind of authentically bring the gaming space within to that and not over branding? Like if you look at the here, I, I have the, so we do the Xbox Jordans, like the, like they're not overly branded, right? Like you really got to find where the branding is. Not at all. Yeah. I the love Xbox this inside there Xbox on the shoelace, but it doesn't, you know, Kids know. Like, I don't need to throw a giant Xbox logo on it. Like, the bottom lights up, like the power button on the shoes. Like, I think if you do storytelling, thought-provoking things, like, they will understand it, and they'll evangelize it and tell the story. So do things that you know that they're going to love, um, and then it all it all comes back, and it all pays forward. So that's I think those are the important things that we try and build out. Yeah, and I, I love where you went with that, too, in terms of really telling the story. Um, I think that's just kind of core to, I don't know, just, just where I'm rooted in from a production background. So I guess I'm curious too, you know, with, with the, the clients you tend to work with, you know, do you feel like they often come, you know, with, with that brand story in hand, or do you often massage that a little bit for these campaigns, you know, when you're, yeah. you're realizing that it's you know, maybe not authentic enough, or it's just not quite um, where it needs to be to really, you know, make that connection? Yeah, it's a good question. I think most of our most of the brands we work with are clients, and we're we're kind of brought in for strategy. Like my first conversation with people, like ten years ago when I was doing Madden stuff, brands didn't like Doritos would be like, "Why do I want to do gaming promotions?" I'm like, "Well, I'm going to let your consumers pick the cover of Madden," and they're like, "Is that a good thing?" And so it was like ten years ago is different. Now brands want to get into gaming, they just don't know how. So I'll walk into a, a, a meeting and they'll be like. I'll be like, what's your gaming strategy? And they're like, Twitch. And I'm like, that's not a strategy. That's a channel. Like, you know, like if I was marketing a soda and I said, what's your marketing strategy? And you said ESPN, like that's not really a strategy, right? You have to have a strategy and then you take it to ESPN. Twitch is a great platform, but that's not a strategy, right? What are you really doing in gaming? How are you connecting to gamers? How are you building a relationship? And then we can tell people about it on Twitch, right? So that's kind of the first thing that we say with brands is like, all right, kind of, what, what's your strategy? Okay, you don't have one. Great. How are we going to connect with gamers? And then we start to build items like what's what's the game? What games fit within your world? What feels authentic to your brand? Okay, what content from that game that kind of comes in and plays with it? So it's really kind of 
playing around with the space and understanding what games are out there, what fits with the brands. Um, there are brands that, that do a really good job and already understand it from day one. I think the Taco Bell one is a great example. How do we do something really unique and different? And how do we gamify it, right? That's the key thing. So let's make a custom Xbox. You can only get a Taco Bell. It's got a custom color where it's not overly branded. There's zero logos on it. Taco Bell doesn't want people mad that there's a Taco Bell logo on the console they got for free. Right. They want a great experience, right? How do we tweak it a little bit so it feels like it's different? What if you turn on the Xbox instead of making the Xbox noise? It actually makes the Taco Bell bomb, right? Fun. Like, people love it. Subtle. Yeah, it's subtle, but but people get it. People like, and now that's the thing that everybody loves. So how do we find ways, and, and how do we find ways to build that kind of connectivity? And then how do we give it away? You know, you win an Xbox at Taco Bell every ten minutes. Um, so you get a code on your your box at lunchtime. You text the code, and the, you know we're giving one away every ten minutes. So you text your code at lunch. I promise you, you're going to lose. But I said every ten minutes. So if you wait up and you do it at three a.m you have a lot better chance of winning at 3 a.m. than you do at noon, right? And kids start to figure that out, so now they start to gamifying the system. Yeah. I go to lunch with my friends. Like, I'm going to text at 3, you text at 3.15, you text at 4.10. Like, now we've all got a much better chance of winning, and you can see the redemption numbers start to really spike because kids get it, right? They, they, they've understood it. So we've gamified the system. Now they've got a hack on how to be a, have a better chance of winning. Um, so it's really kind of brands that kind of really understand the gaming space will allow us to kind of play in that space with them. And Taco Bell's like, hey, do something really custom, gamify it. So I think we do some really interesting things with brands that really kind of allow us to, to, to play within the world. Yeah, I think that's great. I mean, that's that's one of my favorite examples. I mean, I'm 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 reading the your your book here. That's actually the page I have open of, of some of the work that you guys have done, and it's it's amazing. And, and that's the one that's just so easy to point to because everybody kind of knows it. You know, you drive by Taco Bell, you see the Xbox yeah. offer. Um, but that's the thing that I don't really know, you know, and, and until you, you you describe it, which is that it's not just, oh, hey, um, Xbox wants to give some of these away. So, you know, slap the promotion on with Taco Bell and you can win an Xbox. That sounds really simple. That sounds like kind of the, the typical you know movie deal sort of scenario you laid out. Right. Um, but what you're doing is going that that a number of steps further, right? You know, really creating a, a unique experience that you can't just get elsewhere. I mean, if you want to go buy an Xbox, you can go go do that. You know, sure. so this isn't about that. And I think um, another example that you had given me was with the shoe. Actually, I don't know if it was that exact one, um, but where you you had sort of delivered it in like a custom box, mm-hmm. um, and that was that was almost like the most important piece yeah. of the puzzle that people wanted to keep right yeah i think that's yeah i think both those stories i think taco bell is a good example of like hey we're just in the middle of kind of connecting xbox and taco bell xbox is like so understanding of their audience and so how well they want to take care of the audience they have to create this hardware and customize it and i can't tell you how hard it is to put the bong inside the box like taco bell really is excited about creating these new things, but they really need a partner like Xbox who's going to build that out for them. So the credit belongs to both those sides that really is willing to kind of do something really unique for the customers rather than just taking an existing thing and throw it in there and I get our marketing thing, right? What's the better experience? Same thing with the shoes. I think it's kind of fun how we'll, you know, the, we, I think this year we did the, jo- the red Jordans that dropped around All-Star. And so, yeah, it's about this premium packaging because it's not just the shoes and the custom controller or console. It's also the big box that it comes in because that's the, that's the shareable moment, right? How do you make 
it's not about like how much does the box cost and like how much does the tweet cost, right? Like I'd rather spend all the money on making this amazing thing that people want to share rather than I'm going to pay you to share something, you know, which we don't pay for. It's like, how do I take that money? How do I build something really, really special that you can't help but, but post, right? So it's just a different way to kind of connect with consumers because I think the value um, is really around kind of the experience and the storytelling rather than kind of finding the right people to share that stuff, right? No, it is. I, I completely agree. I, I guess um, you know one thing I'm curious about too, like you know, as as you are, are have been building out, you know, Triple Clicks and your team, you know, are there are there kind of core fundamentals that you know you you live by when you're creating these campaigns, or have have those even changed over time, or is it just always sort of been true, you know, from the start, you know, from your your mission when you kind of felt that there was this gap? Uh, yeah, it's. Uh, it's interesting. It's, I haven't thought a lot about it. I think when I started, it was really, how do we be that connective tissue where we're connecting gamers with studios and brands, right? It's this kind of, Hey, consumer's going to win because he's going to get content for free. The studio is going to win because they're going to get marketing for the game. And the brand is going to win because consumers are going to want to actually buy their product. And what we're really good at is helping kind of brands get more shelf space at retail, which is really the key to everything. So if you build a product and we put a video game content on it, we're going to get more shelf space at Walmarts and Targets and grocery stores because gaming is a, is a thing, right? So how do we kind of build that kind of connection? So that's always really been the most important thing for us is value to consumers, marketing exposure for studios, and how do we sell products for brands? Um, once we get outside of that, that last one's really important too. Not to not to cut you off, but you know, a lot of people forget about the last part, which is moving the needle. And I think that you know, you could you could listen to like the the, the piece of the puzzle that you you integrate so well, which is just connecting the dots with the brand and the game, and think, okay, this is just a brand awareness thing. Um, but at the end of the day, that's that's part of what you're doing. The other part of it is is really driving results in yeah. a very unique way, um, and and that's often you know what makes or breaks relationships right with clients and it sounds like you guys are really nailing that every time yeah no i i think it all starts with retail to be honest with you because i mean i think we're not going to be on the side of rockstar or, or monster unless you know unless the retailers are going to buy in right unless you know we're not going to be on pringles unless target's going to take an extra shipment of it so how do we how do we kind of get brands understanding that you know a movie promotion on pack doesn't really do anything like the movies are good for two or three weeks, right? Maybe a week before, if it's a hit movie, it's an extra week, and then the next movie rolls in. Right? And that's getting smaller now. Yeah. It's getting way smaller. And for games, like we just did a program um, with Kellogg's last year uh, with the Overwatch, and that game launched two years ago. Like, the length of people playing games is much, much longer. It's got a, has a much longer tail. So how do we get a brand? How do we find the right people to understand that gaming is going to move the needle at retail okay great what's the game and then we go find the game to align to it and so it's really kind of it starts for us it starts with the brand and retail and then we kind of pull back and find the right games and, and we build it out and like okay we, now that we found the right game what's the content that's compelling to consumers like what do the kids and gamers really really want and so we we kind of go in, in that way so i think success is kind of mandatory on these things and to be honest with you the you know, Kellogg's is going to sell 100% of everything that's on shelf because the product's great. 
Um, how do we get more shelf space? That's really the key to a lot of this stuff. You know, we're, our programs are usually successful before they even hit the shelves. Like you can go back and look at the codes and the redemptions and all that, that kind of stuff. But it's really about, we got more shelf space. We got a special end cap. We got in the power alley. We did the retail things that sold in more product. And if there's more product on the shelves, it's going to pull through. And the more stuff you can pull through, the, if the gaming content is compelling, it's going to be redeemed at a much higher rate. And so how do we do things that's valuable for all things that really starts with the retail and the success there? And when you guys go back and like compare, you know, like, okay, how did, you know, a, a, a set of chips ahoy sell, you know, at this time last year compared to this time, you know, this year when it had a gaming, you know, promo connected to it, you know, are those things, you know, very clear, you know, when you're just seeing that um, there's this driving force behind, I'm going to pick this up this time now because either I maybe wasn't as familiar with the brand because I know there's fringe customers you're going to get sometimes you're just like, oh, I'm familiar with the game, you know, so I'm going to pick it up now. But there's also just the you know, you're creating that moment, right? And like you said, that that tail is so much longer yeah. with gaming that you're creating this moment that didn't exist before where you're like, yeah, of course I'm going to pick up the Pepsi or the, the Kellogg's or the, the Chips Ahoy that's got this thing on it that I'm just so connected to. It, some of yeah. that's even just, you don't even know you're making that decision, you know? Sure. Yeah, I think the success is always like when they come back and say, what are we doing next year? Like yeah. That's really the success metric. We don't see a ton. Uh, we don't ask for a ton of the data because a lot of that is, you know, pretty proprietary sure. and that stuff. But we do see kind of redemption numbers on codes and we do kind of, we get the anecdotal data on that stuff. So we, we're not allowed to track as much as we like to track, especially nowadays. But we know, we know, yeah, you know how it is, right? Like in, in digital and social, you guys probably get a lot more tracking than, than we get from, from retail and grocery stores. Um, but yeah, we'll know instantly what's working. And, we've been doing this long enough that we kind of know like what, what the gamers want, you know, are we really delivering value or are we just doing a promotion? So, you know, understanding what will really land with them is, is important. And then what works, you know, are we using a triple triple a IP or is this kind of like, we're trying to launch this game with this product. Um, So being kind of true and authentic to kind of the value that we're giving and the, and the quality of the IP we're associating with, and then the brand they're putting it on. I think that's what really, that's how we maximize success is when those three things are all kind of AAA levels. And then when the brands are like, what are we already doing next year before the products even hit the shelves? We know that, you know, we know that we've done the right things internally. So what's, what's AAA level? Well, it's a, I mean, for us, it's from a consumer standpoint, content that has value that's usable, right? Whether it's consumable or it's kind of sought after is, is for me, AAA. Um, a title, uh, a triple A title, some of those are pretty easily defined, um, like a Halo or a Cyberpunk that we're working on are pretty naturally triple A. You know, another triple A title is, is a game like Cuphead, which is the Ori, which are smaller titles, but the quality is unbelievable in those titles. So I'm more excited to do an Ori or Cuphead program than anything else because I think we open a lot of eyes to those kind of IPs. And if you haven't played those games, go get Game Pass right now and download those games. Like, phenomenal kind of indie developed games um so i think we look at triple a probably a little bit different than like you know than a theatrical would like what's opening in three thousand theaters versus like it's going to open in 100 theaters and grow some of those i you know independent titles are kind of triple a AAA titles for us just from a quality standpoint and we know fans are going to love these things 
Um, and then the brands are pretty evident with the AAA ones are, you know, the Pringles and the Doritos and the Monsters and Rockstars. And it's, it's really the brand that has, um, you know, we value out the, the amount of packs that we're on and the retail marketing that goes across it and, and how, what the breadth of, of that stuff is. I mean, I think Taco Bell is the most AAA for us because I think their audience kind of um, overlaps with ours. And I think they also have been doing it for a while. So people are expecting something from that. So it's, you know, it is it's we've got a surprise and delight them every year but i mean there's an expectation that we're going to do something really fun together um and so like i i think that's probably the triple a for that category so i think we probably look at a couple different things depending on which items we're talking about i love that i really i really appreciate how you broke that down and uh i I also like kind of how you 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 consider and and view the games you know and how that's a little bit case by case because you know we're we're breaking into that a little bit too and you and i've talked about that and you know we'll we're, we're potentially you know potentially looking at some collaborations you know hopefully down the road here i think you know with uh, a shout out for for one of our partners free fire which is a mobile only so totally kind of different end of the spectrum you know really kind of launched in latin america you know big yeah. on 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 mobile there because you know less ios you know less you know just just higher higher end phones and and their graphics are just amazing yeah. you know for these lower end phones they're at 450 million you know downloads it's insane you know no one in here has even heard about it it's called yeah. free fire so it's like you know go download that one if you haven't heard of it yeah. check it out jump into a 10 minute session I played, um, I played it when we talked it's amazing so yeah yeah I mean, right and, and, I and, and i was the same way i was blown away and i was like shit this is what people need to know about you know yeah and i think that part of that is like i don't get to pick what triple a is right triple a is what's resonating with the gamers i mean i think that's That's kind of across everything like it's across the brands that are selling well it's not i'm not picking the triple a brand it's what kids are consuming and eating and loving the games that people love like cyberpunk is a thing not because i'm saying it's a thing because it's the most anticipated game in every country in the world right i mean what what cdpr is building is unbelievable same with halo they've been you know 10 years turning 20 years now turning that thing into a phenomenon those are triple a cuphead you don't see coming the quality of that game instantly a triple a with with fans and gamers you know i would have never anticipated that that's the one that we're going to love so to your point it's not us that are telling you what the triple a is it's the gamers that are and so they're going to tell you what triple a content is whether whether we're understanding it or not and so it's just for us to be able to listen to the audience and kind of give them what's expected i think is important yeah, I think that's that's really it. And I think, you know, the role, right, that we we play as, you know, strategists or consultants, however, you know, you want to view it is is how do we delineate that information? How do we study it? How do we look at the data? How do we we, we monitor trends? And and I guess my question for you there is, you know, what is your approach there? You know, are you guys kind of you know, looking at sacks of data, is it a, is it a feel, is it a touch and a feel kind of a thing? Uh, is it because you're just gamers to the core? Is it all of the above? You know, what, and this isn't just from like picking the triple A's, this yeah. is just a broad question about really how you do what you do, I guess. Yeah, no, I think it's a little bit of all of that things. Like I've got, like I've got a long history of, of gaming. So I have my history a little bit which you know i'm getting older so i don't really trust all of everything that i do but i have my feel for it i've got a guy in florida trapped in a basement who's like as all he is is on reddit playing games 24 hours a day and he's been with me since i was at ea so we've been friends for 15 years uh shout out to jorge like he knows everything (laughs) i won't let him be on podcast because he's a little crazy he's in the basement in florida um 
but he, like he knows everything about everything in the space. So I can ask him any question. I can know exactly what's going on and why that's going on. And then I have nine year old twin boys. And so, um, I promise you, they can destroy you in Fortnite. I bought my kid a new skin yesterday and he got 13 kills and a win in his first game with it. So like, uh, you know, keeping your eye on, on kind of the youth and what the kids are doing, my own experience, keeping our eyes on, on what everybody else is talking about. And then we work with a lot of brands that are amazing. Like I work with Hollister, um, which is an amazing kind of clothing store for the malls. They know Gen Z better than anyone we've done. We launched a game with them last year around Crash Bandicoot. Like how do they have gaming conversations with their audience? They know Gen Z better than anyone. So we learn from our partners. We learn from kind of what's going on in culture. We learn from our kids and, and the stuff that we have. So we kind of take a little bit of everything in. Yeah, I think that's our responsibility, right, is, is it, you know, we have to keep our finger on the pulse. I think, you know, just to transition a little bit as like agency owner to agency owner, you know, just just kind of you know, curious, like, what has that ride been like for you? You know, you mentioned like, you know, coming into this, like not coming from agency background or pedigree. I'm exactly the same way. You know, I come from production background and yeah. um, into, into digital and kind of expanding all of that social and everything that we do now, which is still rooted in, in content and, you know, authenticity there. Um, so we, I, I'm really connected with, with, with that side and I'm just kind of, you know, fascinated by, by, by growth, you know, for, for agencies in particular, you know, the space that you're in, um, and how you've been able to do it. And I guess I'm curious, is it, you know, because you've built, you know, these fantastic relationships that, you know, you've really been able to build those into a lot of trust, or do you feel like it's um, more about just the fact that you you guys are making really good calls and and, and, knowing what's going to be that that good conceptual approach, you know, because everything I've seen is just money, you know, in terms of the concept. Yeah, no, I think it's I think it's a fair question. It's definitely not the calls we're making. Like, I don't think it has anything to do with that. I think, number one, it's putting consumers first um, has always kind of been our thing. And I I think a lot of people say that, but like, we really mean it. Like, like, like if if it doesn't land with a consumer, it's not going to land for anybody. So like, that's not going to, that's not going to work for anybody. So leaning into kind of consumers, um, I think the other thing is like kind of, there isn't really a gaming agency that's focused on the space. I think, you know, you and I are kind of, we're the smaller agencies of, of what's going on. There's the Omnicoms and the WPPs of the world. And there's a lot of these really kind of big gigantic organizations. And I think just personally, I think there's a bit of a blind spot to gaming. Like, I think it's tough to understand gaming. And so having grown up in the space, um, having deep, deep relationships with, you know, the Jeff Keeleys of the world and the publishers and the developers and, and all that stuff, we kind of, kind of keep our ear to the ground on what's going on, but it's really about kind of, my the thing I get excited about is working with the big brands. Like we work really closely with the Omnicom Retail Group, and like their brands are awesome. So for us to be able to come in and kind of, you know, like spit the knowledge of gaming to those audiences, because you know the the blind spot at the top levels aren't there at the lower level. Those people, like people that are managing the accounts, really get it and love it. So we yeah. do a lot of collaborations with those guys on on programs through the marketing arm and through all those things, and it's a great partner to have. And so, like those things are fun for us. So I don't think it's predicting kind of what we think is going to land. I think it's working with teams like those guys, brands specifically, and kind of putting consumers first. And that's the best way we've kind of been building a little bit we're not that successful we've got a long way to go so we we feel like it's a big mountain to climb so we're i feel like we're uh, we're on the journey but it's it's definitely a marathon so we're in, yeah. we're in mile one 
No, I'm, I'm, I'm with you there. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm giving you some praise cause I, I know you're, you're a humble guy and, and that's, that's the way to be. I, I'm, I, I try to be that way too. I think it's the yeah, only no, way, it's, way to approach it. You guys are doing a lot of good things, but you don't want to talk about it either. Like it's, you know what I mean? It's very much. It's like the Wikipedia page. (laughs) I got to put some of the successes on there. I don't know if they're there yet. Um, You you can't, you can't, you can't do it. Yeah. Like that book you showed, like we made that book literally to share with new clients. But the reason we did is because like, I don't know what we've done the last five years. Like I, I have that on my desk every day and i'm like fuck did we what did we do like it's just like it's like we're, we've moved on right like i'm on to the next already like i feel like we've already launched the new xbox and i'm on to t- what's what's happening in 2021 right so you know we've got a lot of people on the team that are kind of still in the hey wait a minute we're in execution mode right now so there's a lot of people that are working on it but like how do we have that kind of long-term vision so it's just keeping your eye down the road and making sure you know hey listen like cereal boxes take a year and a half to make like i've we've got to be down the road and movies may know what games are sh- or movies are shipping in 2023 but the video game they have no idea like they're not going to tell you anything right yeah, so yeah. It, um so it's the, the windows are a lot tighter with us so it's uh yeah it's it's uh it's it's fun trying to figure out how uh how to you know organically build that success the next year yeah, and, and I think you know you you probably take a similar approach too. Where it, it's you know it's it's like we gotta we gotta build really good relationships, kind of one thing at a time. I mean, it's not like you're working on only one thing at a time, but it's got to be great. It's got to be meaningful. You got to You got to knock everyone out of the park in in the way that you're putting everything into it. All all that passion, all that background, all the all the things that kind of came into it when you started. You know, I think that's kind of what you know, at least I see gets lost with, with the, the bigger agencies of the world or, or somewhere along the line, it, it sort of drops off to some degree. And I, I think that's that kind of gap or blind spot that you talked about a little bit that I think some of the, the shops like ours can, can really fill in where yep. there's just a little bit more passion involved and a little bit more focus. And I think everyone has their place. And I think, you know, my goal is always like, let's break down those barriers between agencies and let's work together. You know, because there's also kind of that weird thing where, where sometimes people are opposed to that. But at the end of the day, you know, let's let's put that consumer first. Let's put that client first. Let's figure out how we can all make some some cool, cool stuff together. Right. Yeah, I think that's for us the most important thing. And I think it's either we're going to have a relationship with the brand or the agency. And so we don't do what most of the other agencies do. Like, I'm not going to build packaging and I'm not going to do me or we're not going to we don't do the social so like those things are all really important and people brands have their kind of connective agencies that do that stuff for us it's really kind of managing strategy for gaming and then taking all the way through through the end right making sure that we're managing all that stuff so i think the blind spot kind of gets into like a lot of people don't understand the difference between you know sport gaming esports streamers and a lot of like the amount of eyeballs that people will see on Twitch or on kind of streaming um, draws agencies in and be like, okay, well, this is the play for gaming um, because they can sell brands like they're used to buying the sports package, right? Where it's like impressions and this and that and that. And here's how you do that in gaming. And so for us, it's more like, all right, well, that's how you market to to these gamers, but they're like, that's not going to work in this space. It's just different. You're not selling beer to football fans. This is a different experience completely. And so, how do we kind of educate? You know, we do an uh, an immersion session with brands where we go out and spend four or five hours with the brand and get hands-on controllers and really walk through kind of why gaming stuff 
is different than everything else. Um, and, and really educating that stuff. And I think that's the key to success is getting brands and working with brands that are like, I get it like that. Like we want to do this the right way rather than, you know, like I don't work with insurance companies so I can make fun of them, but like, you know, you get like a Geico that just wants to buy the advertising, which is great. It works exactly top of mind awareness kind of, they're not trying to build this deep relationship. Um, whereas kind of the CPGs and the QSRs and, and those kind of things have this day-to-day relationship with these, with these consumers. And so how do we kind of authentically build those together? Um, which I think is really important. Yeah. You know, it ties into like, I think one of the last things I was going to ask you, which is like, what's, what's the number one thing you feel like you're always solving for. But in some ways I think like you kind of have answered that, which is, the brands you're working with are dealing with people on this day-to-day basis. And so it's a much different scenario. Uh, so it's not so much like this one core thing that you tend to deal with the most. It's, it's more so that the approach um, yeah. is, is like continual, you know, education and learning and kind of that like feedback loop is what we talk about a lot, you know, which is so cool that you're doing these immersion sessions because um, we don't necessarily do that. I mean, it might steal that from you, but um, you know, we, you know, we, we do try to try to say, okay, look, this is what we do and how we do it different. I mean, anybody can technically do the things that we do as an agency, but here's here's our approach. Here's how we do it. Because if that doesn't align, we shouldn't take those next steps, right? Yeah. Or else we'll, we'll we'll hit those roadblocks. You know, we won't be happy. Um, let's get all that out in the open, right? Um, and it's it's a lot of work, and I think there's a lot of a lot of times where there's just people not putting in that work up front. Um, but what you get back from that is you get less clients that are more meaningful over a longer period of time. Yeah, um, that's think, that's what I think we see. Yeah, I think that's important. It's really kind of understanding, like, all right, we're going to do this one promotion, but then what do we do before and after? Like, what's the roadmap for all of that stuff? I mean, when we sit with a brand, the best thing is like, all right, here's the year. Okay, here's maybe two ten poles through the year, but how are we continuing the conversation with the consumer during that other time, right? If you're doing like a halo promotion in, you know, November, December, whenever, but you're doing a, like a Forza promotion in June, but you're not really doing a temple, but like, hey, Forza's out and it's amazing. Here's a hundred copies that we're going to give away on our social, like, or hey, what was your favorite car in this game? Or like, how do you just continue to have that conversation with these consumers and talk their language in kind of unique and different ways? How are we kind of always staying connected throughout the year, not just at the moment where you need them to buy your product, but how are you continuing that conversation through what you guys do in social and, and through everything else? I think it's really important just to stay authentically connected throughout the year. Yeah, it's, it's, it comes like so much of what we're doing right now. And, you know, as much as I'm trying like not to talk about COVID like every minute of the day, um, it's, it's, it's such a good time right now for brands to think about focusing on community, you know, not that they shouldn't be doing that all the time. Um, but especially right now when, you know, your, your community kind of needs you the most, they need you to understand what they're going through. They need you to understand how you can add even more value, right. Um, how you can do something unique and different, not just cool. Right. And, and, and that doesn't necessarily mean it's always a discount. It could mean just that you're providing more information, you're providing more tools or tips or just stuff that is going to really change their their day-to-day, especially in gaming right now, which is, you know, the escapism that so many people need and so many people who aren't even in the gaming space from a yeah. consumer point of view are turning to right now. I think that's why gaming's just on fire, right? I mean, I, I'm sure yeah. you're seeing that too. Yeah. I, yeah. I think the COVID thing's tough in the gaming conversation because I think 
a lot of people are kind of turning to gaming. And so I think the gaming space is so great. It's like, how do we not take advantage of this? Like, we don't want to, you know what I mean? Like, people are using us. How do we give them better experiences without, you know, without trying to monopolize kind of the moment, right? It's really about authentically saying, hey, this is here. And if you want to do it, here's the simple things to do it. And and trying to kind of stay above above the conversation, above the fray. You don't hear any of the, the gaming studios or games themselves talking about like, hey, we're up X percent. Like, the, like the, the idea is how do you kind of, hey, we're all stuck at home. Let us give you a better experience, right? More people are playing gaming than ever. People, COVID didn't invent online gaming. Like it wasn't created by it. Like it's like when people have more free time, they're going to spend it doing the things that they love. And gaming is part of that, right? Especially with these generations. So we're seeing huge upticks in gaming is because people love to play games. Like, and they usually don't have this much time. They're saving. If you live in LA, you're saving an hour and a half drive to and from work every day. So there's two or three hours of free time, right? And at lunch, you're going to, maybe you're playing a game while you're on a conference call at home, right? You've got all this extra time with you either watching Netflix, or you're playing video games right you play minecraft so you know all you know you're seeing the upticks and all those things so how do you respectfully kind of make sure that you're taking care of the communities in the right way which i love to see this the entire space kind of doing that at this time yeah and that's i mean i think that's the the blueprint for anybody right and that's the that's the sort of like measurement i think of like who's getting it right who's getting it wrong sort of thing like you just you just gotta have your heart at the right place you know um and and community building right now is just i think what you know so many brands should be focused on regardless of the space regardless of the industry you know what you have to offer i mean just listening to your fans i always say like social and and all these tools that you have at your disposal even if you're small and you're indie you don't have budget it's the greatest r&d tool in the world you know and and just use it you know yeah no totally we we try and respond to everybody on everything on social. And I think every brand should be doing that. I mean, you, you see fun brands like Wendy's doing funny things and all that things. Love and Wendy's. They're, they're, you know, they're trying to create some kind of brand and, and face for the brand online. But I think the ones that are just kind of responding and connecting is, is really kind of important. And um, whether it's good or bad, or it's just, you know, having those conversations and building those direct relationships. I think that's what the social platforms um, are really strong at it. It's kind of building those direct to consumer relationships. And that's why we're going to see most brands kind of, it's going to be more direct than ever before. Um, so it's really interesting. Yeah, no, it's super interesting. Uh, well, that's all I have for you. I don't know if you have any questions for me. I know I've been firing off a lot, but well, that's great, all man. I got. Yeah, it's, it's fun. I'm, I, I've enjoyed working with you guys. I think we've got a lot of stuff coming, which is fun. So it's uh yeah, thanks for, uh, thanks for having me. It's a fun conversation. Yeah, well, uh, you know, just keep doing what you're doing. Um, nothing I can add there. <laughs> so you guys, you guys do. we need people like you guys to amplify all the programs. So there's let's they, do it. There's stuff that we don't do that you guys do really well. So I think everybody kind of needs everybody. So it's uh, that's the fun thing in the space. So yeah, and that's the approach. That's what I love so much about our, our first conversation is is uh, there's there doesn't there don't need to be any barriers there. You know, we can we can do some really cool shit together. So let's let's make it happen. Awesome. Cool. Well, I'm gonna let you go. I'm gonna let you get back to your day, your family, your kids, and uh, stop us at the 50 minute mark, and uh, we'll talk soon, my friend. All right. Thanks for having me. All right. Take care. Lemonade Original. I'd like to thank Trevor and everyone at Lemonade for having me. To learn more about Lemonade or listen to some previous episodes, search Driving Brand Growth wherever you listen to podcasts.